Pass First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Coming at you Monday through Friday, every single weekday, so make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show is going to be like a requiem for a season. Uh, Blazers season went out with a whimper the only way it probably could Sunday as they lose by 56 to the uh, Golden State Warriors. We will wrap up the season and then right after the game ended, they held uh, what like exit interviews used to be different back in the day because it used to be the whole team and like literally the exit interview would be meeting with the GM and the coach. You'd have your personal exit interview and then you talk to the media and like everyone would cycle through. It's not how it works anymore. Now, uh, Blazers just basically punted on it last year entirely. This year, uh, they brought out the vets. Dame spoke. Nurk spoke. Ant spoke. Jeremy Grant spoke. Joe Cronin spoke. Uh, Chauncey Billups. And the gentlemen who are going to be at the forefront of the Blazers' massively pivotal offseason this summer kind of talked about what's next and what happened this year, etc. So, want to put a bow on the season. A little requiem for a season. Wrap it up. Talk about what they, uh, what the X interviews we learned from X interviews and then talk, you know, close the show talking, looking ahead because this is, if this isn't the biggest uh, off season of Damon Lord's career, uh, 2015 was massive. Uh, I, I, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, Aldridge's decision to leave in free agency kind of wrapped up a championship window that was narrow, but the Blazers were good enough to win. That was the best team Dame's ever played on. And it, it broke up when, when LaMarcus decided to leave and the Blazers punted on everybody else. This is number two, like this, this is it. This is the big off season to, um, to that will determine the era of, of, of what becomes of the end of the Damian Lillard era. It's, it's very clear this, this basically like June and July of 2023 are the most going to be the most pivotal next two, two biggest, most pivotal months of Dame's career or right up there, depending on how you rank the, the LaMarcus exit, etc. So we'll talk about that to close the show, but first let's do what we do. Your fastest recap in the West a season-long recap. The Blazers started 10 and 4, winning 10 of their first team for 10 of the first 14 games with a flurry of late-game heroics in Sacramento on opening night against the Lakers in LA, a win over the Suns in overtime and two buzzer beaters, one on the road in Phoenix and one in Miami. Damian Lord missed 5 of those 14 5 of those first 14 games and when he got back uh, mostly unrelated, the Blazers struggled. They were just 9-18 and 18 over their next 27 games, falling below 500 for good during a five-game losing streak in mid-January. But when Dame came back, he missed five of those first 14. He missed another seven in uh, late November, bleeding into December. He was excellent. After January 1st, he averaged 35-5-7. and seven. That was 34 points per game in January, 38 points per game in February, and 32 and some change in March. But the Blazers weren't good. Damon Lode was as good as he's ever been, and the team simply wasn't. And on February 9th, the pivot to the other way finally happened. The Blazers, at 26-28, and 28, traded starting small forward wing Josh Hart to the New York Knicks in exchange for Cam Reddish and a 2023 lottery-protected first-round pick. It'll be the number, 2023, the number 23 pick in the 2023 draft. They also traded Gary, Na- Gary 
Peyton II, the uh, signature free agent signee of Joe Cronin's first offseason, didn't even make it to the end of the year after a tumultuous stretch in which he didn't play. And then it was clear that he is the Blazers training staff had cleared him and he was but he didn't he wasn't ready to go back. And then he gets on the court and then he's there was some uh, gripes about maybe his attitude and commitment. Gary Payton back to the Warriors in exchange for Kevin Knox and multiple second round picks. So Blazers head into the All-Star break, below 500, and pivoting to a team that is clearly prioritizing the future and flexibility with not taking on any future money at the trade deadline. They got worse on purpose, and coming out of the All-Star break, the Blazers gave a clear sign of what was to come. After an hours-long flight delay caused by a blizzard, which allowed them to shoot a very fun music video... They had to travel day of to Sacramento for their first game following the All-Star break, and the team held out veterans Jeremy Grant and Damian Lillard. It was either the cautionary move for big-minute veterans or the type of foreshadowing act a team craving losses might sneakily undertake. Including the loss to the Kings, the Blazers would finish the season 5-19. and They were outscored by 3 120 points during those final 24 games. Jeremy Grant's final game of the season came just three weeks later on March 14th. And Damian Lord, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic were shut down on March 22nd. Following a win at Utah on March 22nd, they did not play again. Portland won one of its final 10 games really pushing the envelope on what intentional losses could look like in the modern NBA, fully fabricating injuries, signing guys to uh, hardship exceptions, sitting uh, Shaden Sharp, a rookie phenom for a game they absolutely had to lose in San Antonio or against San Antonio. It was incredible. And during this self-inflicted skid, Shaden Sharp emerged as a rising star, ironically enough for someone who did not make the Rising Stars game and held himself out of the dunk contest pretty obviously because of that at the All-Star break. But Sharp in the final 10 games averaged 23.7 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 4.2 assists in nine starts. The one win that they had at Minnesota had his fingerprints all over it, where he led the Blazers down the stretch and it got them a win where they fell behind the final four minutes and he scored a bucket after bucket to ensure eight of their final 11 points to ensure that they'd get a victory a victory they didn't want, and it led the Blazers to immediately fabricating an injury for the teenage phenom and holding him out of the very next game. But Sharp was back, and the Blazers played playoff teams in their final weekend of the season, and they got walloped. First, a clip, the Clippers pulled away in the second half, and then a 56-point thrashing at the hands of the Golden State Warriors, who scored 55 points in the first quarter on Sunday on Fan Appreciation Night at a mat, Easter matinee at the Moda Center, ending the Blazers' six-month-long Six-month-long slog of a season in 12 short minutes. The Blazers finished the season at 33-49, and 49, the fifth-worst record in the NBA, and a coveted and dutifully earned 10.2% chance of winning the, the draft lottery in May. That May dates, when the draft lottery is announced, will be the start of one of the most pivotal off-seasons in franchise history, trying to thread the needle of building a contender in a few short months while trying to race against two clocks, the inevitable truth of Father Time and the diminishing patience of Brother Damien. That's your fastest recap in the West. Let's talk about what was said at 
exit interviews because what I mentioned there at the end, the inevitability of Father Time and the diminishing patience of Damian Lillard, brother Damian, if you're if you're sticking it sticking with with the sentence I wrote, that was the that's going to come to a head this off season. It's absolutely going to come to a head this off season. Let's talk about what what the let's talk about what the what it's going to mean this summer but before we do that what what's all going to go into this summer but before we do that let's talk about prize picks it's daily fantasy made easy i play prize picks play it on my phone uh i use the app but you can go to prizepicks.com and how it works is you pick your sport or multiple sports if you're feeling funky and you pick above or below the projections set by prize picks. You pick an entry of two to six players. Like I said, you can go across multiple sports, but I play the NBA because that's what I feel most comfortable with. So I'm picking things like points, rebounds, blocks, assists, and steals. Prize pick sets the line. You go over or under that line, and it's just you versus those projections. Nothing fancy, no field, no nothing. You just get in there and pick. If you're feeling if you're feeling lucky, say you're gonna get six out of six projections right. If you're if you're say four out of six, five out of six, you can still win your money. You set the odds, you set your confidence level. Price picks pays you quickly with safe and secure withdrawals once you win. Plus, right now you can get up to 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On when you sign up at PricePicks.com or when you're downloading that app. So. Put 100 bucks, get 100 bucks. Put 50 bucks in, they're going to match you 50 bucks. That's a 100% deposit match. Go take advantage of it today. Pricepicks.com when you download the app and make sure you use that promo code locked on. All right. So, the game ends. Players get thrashed. Give up. They're on base to give like they're on base to give up 220. After the first 12 minutes, slowed him down. Only gave up a, only gave up a buck a buck 56. Uh, <laughs> the season needed to end, and uh, the Blazers actually like they they could have they could have they could have been more competitive in this game. Like they played, you know, this wasn't one where they held held everybody out. They're they're holding out the veterans anyways, but it's like they played Shaden Sharp. They're going to go for it, all those things, right? Like um, they, they could have been more aggressive and probably had a similar outcome, but they just played a team. The Warriors really need to win, avoid the playing tournament, all that stuff. Uh, they're going to be the sixth seed and go play the Kings. And it's like they had incentive to win and that incentive was on display. Also, they just shot the ball really well. It happens. When the game ends... The Blazers didn't trot up, you know, whatever, Kevin Knox and Drew Eubanks. Drew Eubanks didn't play. But, like, Kevin Knox and Trenton Watford to talk about the game. Instead, they did exit interviews. Um, it is... It was it was um, somewhat surprising, but I think really good that it's just like, hey, let's have the veterans talk and end this thing. No reason to come back tomorrow. No reason to, like, beg guys to come back tomorrow. They might be gone. They might have they might have a warm vacation planned right away after, after a tough end of the year, like... Let's get everybody up there and talk. And, and I like that because if you're a long-time listener to the program, you'll know that I I strongly encourage you, if you're a fan of this team, to listen closely when the principal actors talk. When Joe Cronin speaks, listen. When Damon Lord speaks, listen. Like, they'll give you the guide. I don't really feel that way about Chauncey Billups. He has become... Um, he actually is a really great storyteller, but he, he, he can say a lot of nothing. They've tried him up there with a bunch of, a bunch of games they're supposed to lose. And he's really mastered the art of saying nothing. So, uh, 
there there are times to pay close attention when Chauncey speaks, but it's not a hundred percent of a of a staple. But I, I'm I'm super in favor of like when the principal actors of, in, in this enterprise speak, listen closely because they will they will give you a sort of guide of what's next. And I thought Damien Lillard in particular in particular gave a clear guide of what is ahead for the Trailblazers. He was honest and candid, spoke to the media for about 12 minutes, and kind of just laid out about as about as honest a I'm the superstar franchise icon exit interview as as you'll see. I, I've I have kind of made fun of Dame for being like so fiercely optimistic and, and a little corny in his fierce optimism, um, and sometimes the I'm slighted brand. But like he. My man tells the truth and he's great with the media. I'm not going to knock him on that. Like he, 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 he stands there. I mean, if he doesn't always tell like the thing that I believe to be true, but he speaks his truth up there and, um, and, um, he's, he gives good interviews. And even by his standards, this was, this was money because Dame just, he, he put, he put all the cards out on the table and then he walked you through the dang cards if he needed to. Um, one reporter in particular needed to be walked through the cards and Damian Lord made sure to walk them through it. But he talked about, What's next? And like I said, this is a massive, massive, massive summer for them because they're, you know, they won 33 games. If they tried to win the final 10, I think they probably go like four and six, right? Or something something in that range, maybe a little more because maybe they maybe they, they beat the Spurs. So like they won four or five games more. They're 37, 38 win team, but they're still below 500 and they've been below 500 since January. And it's just like, they weren't good. They started off, they won a bunch of close games early. Um, they probably should have, in, instead of like, the real truth is that instead of 10 and 14 to be, or 10 and four in the first 14 games to begin the season, they probably like, if just like, the break of really close games goes a, a more natural way should have been like eight and six. And then you would have been like, Hey, this team's pretty good, but you wouldn't have been like, are they going to win 58 games? Was everybody wrong? Is that, was everybody wrong? Did y'all hear what Mike said about them in the preseason? <laughs> um, yeah. And I, like I was drinking the Kool-Aid too. That was, um, a, a pretty, that they started to lose at a pretty big life event. My first child was born basically right at, at the evening of game 15. If you really want to, if you want to mark it down, go back and listen to the broadcast. Uh, like, so it was a pretty, I was away for, I was away for a little bit and the Blazers just like started to suck. And I had said that they were good, like right prior to that. But the real truth is that they were like, they were pretty much never good. Right. They're pretty much never good from that moment. Like they, um, they were, you know, nine and eighteen over the next twenty-seven games. Never below, never back above five hundred again in the new year, like or after January like tenth. It's just they weren't good. They weren't good, and 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 now they are trying to thread this needle from being like mediocre to competitive. And in fact, Joe Cronin basically says, like, said at his exit interview, like, uh, or his interview, he did not go anywhere. Um, but like that, they it's time for them to be competitive on a competitive on a high level time for them to get more veteran roster time for them to like go for it right chauncey billups said we've done the tweak thing a few times i think we've got to be more aggressive than that if we want to actually do right by the best player in the history of this organization those two gentlemen spoke after dame the best player in the history of this organization i'm not sure i've heard chauncey say that but props uh that's that's uh that's a good thing to do heading into this particular summer but Dame sat up there and put his cards on the table. And he said that he, you know, he's he still said, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm always going to be optimistic. And 
But he admitted the struggle, right? He said that he's, I see a road to what we could do. There's a difference to we could do this and we could do that and actually doing it. He continued, there's optimism there. I feel optimistic about it, but it's just time to get the work done for all of us. And then he gave this quote. When asked if there was a big target for the Blazers. Uh, I believe it was Aaron Fentress who asked the question of the Oregonian, who asked, like, you know, last year the target was, like, so clearly Jeremy Grant. It's like earmarked for months, right? Like, they they pursued him at the trade deadline. Oh, there's tons of smoke. Like, they're going to go after Jeremy Grant again this summer. They're blah, 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 blah. Then, sh sure enough, right around the draft, they make they make the move to go back um, for Jeremy Grant again. Or, or finalize, they re-engage and, and get the deal done, right? So... Fentress asks, is that is there somebody like that? Is there is there someone you've got earmarked? And Damian Lillard says, I know it's guys that want to do it. Do it being join, come to Portland. I know it's guys that really move the needle that want to do it. But knowing that and then actually making something happen to make that a reality is a completely separate thing. I commend Dame for this incredibly realistic take on this incredibly realistic take on this i think joe crona has mostly done a good job uh i am not one of those people that believes that joe cronin was left with like a barren wasteland of a franchise that he had to fix after it was is maliciously ruined by neil olshay i'm not gonna sell you that i don't think that but the Blazers were had an expensive roster that was decent, like playoff level good, but not any better than that. Uh, and they were they literally the most expensive roster in the NBA when he took over. And they were saddled with, you know, limited dra draft equity. But they were a playoff team. They were a playoff team. They didn't play like it. They haven't made the playoffs. They sucked him almost immediately that season under a new coach. But it was also just like a weird year and Dame was hurt. But I think, I think for the most part, Joe Cronin has done well. Um... The teardown is easier than the buildup, but the teardown was mostly okay. I, I don't love the Norman Powell and Robert Covington trade, but that was for financial reasons more than anything else, and it got, got them some financial flexibility moving forward. I think the trading CJ McCollum and flipping him for what's now going to become something like Jeremy Grant and uh, uh, and Cam Reddish and a first round pick is like it's pretty good. It's pretty good business. Um, that's that, that's a that's a pretty good deal. Uh, no qualms with that. I think this 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 trade season, this deadline. Um, you know, I think Matisse Thibel on the what he paid for him is fine. Um, you know, the 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 Gary Payton thing kind of blew up in his face, but I don't know if I blow, uh, blame Cronin for that. I do, I mean, I'm, I guess I do a little bit, but not really. Like I, I think Joe Cronin's mostly been good, but he has narrowed his window, and I think that's what Dame is saying here. Knowing that things that people want things to happen and then actually making something happen to make that a reality is a completely separate thing. The optimism is there. I feel optimistic, but it's just time to get that work done for all of us. I see a road to what we could be. There's a difference and we could do this and we could do that and actually doing it. What Damian Lillard is saying, putting clear pressure on the franchise is two things. One, this ain't easy. And the road is narrow because Dame wants to get it done now. He wants to get it done now. And Dame is recognizing, I think truthfully and honestly, 
it's hard. Even if he finds his homie, who's whoever in the league, whoever it might be, um, we'll speculate on names at some other date, but like he finds all-star forward and all-star forward says, yeah, I'd love to team up. I'm under contract for three more seasons with my team. Joe Cronin calls that team says, Hey, we'd love to get all-star forward. And they say, cool. Four picks. Anthony Simons, Shane Sharp. Nope. Too rich for us. Okay. Beep. Hang up. Right. Can't get it done. Right. If you can't, if you either have to overpay wildly or, or you have to accept the other thing, which is what Dame's recognizing here. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to get done. And he said he's been optimistic in the past and it just hasn't gone that way. And they haven't been able to make a big splash but he's ready for it. And, and Cronin has admitted he's ready for it. And I, the Chauncey Billups with the no tweaks thing, they're all ready for it. But what Dame is saying, and I think is the honest part, is that being ready, being willing, being all of those things, enthusiastic about it, is not actually doing it. Because it takes multiple teams. It takes the right fit. It takes... It's just to, to truly trade for a needle, someone who moves the needle, that really moved the needle, to use Dame's language. It's just, it's difficult. And what Dame mentioned is that, what I want to close the show with, is that there's a reality where this doesn't work. There's a reality where it it doesn't work. And Dame addressed that real possibility in a way that I thought was honest, but also is, in some ways, of for, for fans, daunting. Let's talk about the honesty and the daunting nature of what's next for the Blazers. But first, let me tell you about Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Listen, it's it's a great game. You can download it and play it right now, offline, on the go, wherever. It's a chance to be an NBA GM. Turns out it's not all that easy. Uh, it, listen, if if you want to if you want to test your hand at becoming an NBA GM or just a GM of a basketball team. Managing your own basketball franchise? Go download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, all through those draft picks, the up and downs of multiple seasons, all in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free, playable offline, play on the go as you want, when you want to. And right now, Locked On Blazers listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, visit probasketballgm.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you can scan the QR code right here in the video or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Damon Lord was as honest as you'll ever see a superstar be. And Portland is armed with uh, the fifth best draft lottery odds. 10.2% chance to get Victor Wembanyama and a darn good chance to end up with the sixth pick in the draft. It's just the nature of the lottery, right? You might win, you might someone else might win, and you might drop back. That is, that is how it goes. But there is a scenario, as Dane mentioned, about how challenging it is to go from where they are to thread the needle, even to have those, you know, Dame's out there recruiting, right? He's finding his, his people. But from finding your people to landing them in a Portland Trailblazers jersey, Damian Lord admits that that is deeply difficult, deeply and earnestly difficult. 
And I commend him for it. But he also admitted this. When, when asked, um, and I'm not 100% sure who asked this question, or I would happily give them credit for, um, but it was, I believe, it could have been Bill Orem of the Oregonian. So if not, shout out to Bill Orem of the Oregonian, who asked, like, with because the Blazers have this high lottery pick and because they and and a, and the a, a mid 20s pick 23 low 20s I guess mid 23 and in, in the draft that's two first round picks there is this idea that they could just like they got Shaden Sharp really good 19 year old showed out this year was really good add a couple more rookies, build responsibly through the draft the way that small market teams probably should, right? You probably should draft and um, and build through the draft and do your best, right? And this is like the idea with the David Lord era as it started. The hits just were, tid, were, you know, 11 seasons in. And Dame's, and they said, you know, sort of what's your level of patience? And Dame said, I ain't interested in that. And this is not a secret. I want to go for it. And if the route is to do that, then that's not my route. I think we're all in line with doing what we got to do to put a team together to potentially go out there and get something done. If that's the route they go, they go young. That's not my route. I don't think this is Damian Lord, and I don't want to paint it as such um, because Lord knows there's people out there. I don't think they listen to the pod, but who get paid to aggregate stupid headlines when people say something stupid. I'm not, I don't think this is the end of the Damian Lord era. I don't think this is like him saying, they got to get it done or I'm out of here. I think this is him acknowledging I I want to try to win. It's really hard to win with young players in the league. As good as Shaden Sharp was, he didn't really take the leap to being like a positively impactful player until the second half of the season. He was not good in December. All of the games count. If you want to make the playoffs, all of the games count. If you want to win a title, like you probably need to be a top three seed in the conference. All of the games count. You got to win 50 games. So what Dame is, is acknowledging is that they got to get on his timeline. And if they choose not to, there's a reality where if that is not his route, he won't, he, not that he's going to like immediately demand a trade, but if they can't get it done, they will have to face the reality that they have to do the other thing. And that is trade Damian Lord and start over. I don't think that's specifically what he's saying here, but he has he acknowledged that in an interview with Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix, that there's like a time when the team would have to decide what what direction they're going and if what they want to do. And he's going to be 33 when the season starts next year. And as excellent as he was this year, it doesn't stop him from turning 33 in July. Happy birthday to a Cancer King. What Dame is saying and what Dame said in the press conference is that if the route they go because the trade doesn't materialize, and I think the Blazers have to make this trade around the draft, right? Because they're going to end up with like one of the top six picks in the draft. They're going to trade it, right? Like that that's how this works. Um, even without getting into the protections on the Bulls pick and blah, 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 the pick of Chicago. It's like fifth pick in the draft and Amphrey Simons traded for something big. Fifth pick in the draft, Yusuf Nurkic, Nazir Little traded for something less big but what dame is acknowledging is that if if you get to draft night and you get through draft night and they end up with rookies that that is a route for someone else and he while he might not immediately say i'm out of here there will be a conversation that happens that says if this is the way you go that route is not my route and what dame is 
acknowledging, and I think for the first time, is that there is a world in which the Blazers exist without him. He doesn't want to go. He wants them to cash their chips in and make a big trade and get the needle mover that he mentioned wants to come here. Some One of his friends in the league who he's, you know, conceivably had conversations with. Uh, speculate as you will. But while acknowledging that that's a challenge and that acknowledging that he doesn't want to be part of a patient to, you know, he mentioned specifically that answer the, where I didn't read you the quote is like that Shaden Sharp is a special 19-year-old, right? And he's his just his skill set, his, his just his frame, his strength, um, all of that. Like he's a special 19-year-old. But Dame isn't really interested in rebuilding or building, as he said, with players that are two and three years away. He doesn't want to build. He doesn't want to be patient. He doesn't want to wait. He's done a bunch of waiting. He's done a bunch of building. It didn't come to fruition. He wants them to cash in the chips for the biggest... He wants them to make the big trade. That is capital T, capital B, capital T. The big trade. And if they don't make the big trade, Dame sounds for probably the first time in his career earnestly willing to accept that that's not possible because it's hard and because even if he wishes it and does his best to make it happen, it's hard, that there is a scenario where they make the biggest trade and they pivot and move on from Dame. I think all of that is on the table this summer. All of it. All of it. I think there are varying degrees of what the big trade looks like and what would you know, what Dame would feel comfortable with and coming back and saying, okay, yeah, we're good enough to get there. Does he want to be a, you know, a certain, does it, do they need to add like a borderline all-star Demonis Sabonis type and like get close? Do they need to add a like surefire all-star like Pascal Siakam? Do they, you know, like what, I think there are, there are gray areas that I just frankly don't know about sort of what would check Dame's boxes for him being like, yeah, cool. We did it. Let's run it back. I'm excited and all those things. And what would be not enough? And I think that's, you know, him and Joe Cronin have a good relationship. They talk all the time. They they know exactly what's up. And, and Cronin has kind of hinted that he was being patient because summer was the opportunity. And, you know, you know last time I was patient, we got Jeremy Grant. This time you're going to have to trust me too. Like, I, I think the Blazers believe they can make the big trade. But there's a reality, and Dame admitted it tonight, that if they don't make that trade, they got to do the other thing. The other thing is trade Damon Lillard. We've made it to that point. Debate amongst yourselves what they should do or will do or can do or all those things, but we've made it to that point. The most pivotal summer they've had in since in almost a decade, right? Perhaps the most pivotal summer of Damian Lord's entire career. Whether they can pull off this trade to magically get, you know, in the mix, right? Like, hey, we're one of the five best teams of the West. Bang. Opening night, our roster's good enough, five best teams of the West. They weren't that, right? Even their starting lineup was fine, but the bench stunk. And then the starting lineup wasn't quite good enough. And as well, they've got some, they've got a lot of work to do to get where they need to go. It starts with acquiring top end talent and cashing in your chips. The Blazers have so many questions to answer. Anthony Simons is the obvious one to include because he makes $25 million a year. He's 23 years old. And he's, he's good and makes the right amount of money to acquire another good player. But do other teams require Shaden Sharp? Do other teams require multiple draft picks? If they require multiple draft picks, the Blazers have picks that are protected and owed to the Chicago Bulls. What do they need to send to the Bulls in order to get that pick unprotected? Or do they unprotect it in some other way where they're given a, okay, we promise you this pick. And blah, blah. like They've got the machinations of how it all works and allowing them the most ammo to get as good as they can 
quickly. That's what this is going to come down to. I think I think by the end of draft night, we will know the direction that they've decided to go, and that will inform everything else. This team's not going to have cap space. They're not going to be big, big players in free agency. Uh, they, you know, they, they're probably, unless they win the lottery, very likely to trade that pick. The big trade. And if they don't make the big trade, they have to have the hard conversations about what their all-star wants, what their franchise pillar wants. That's just the truth of it. Damon Lord laid it out plainly for you. You either make a big trade to swing for top-end talent to be a team that could talk themselves into being a championship contender, or you face the reality that you're heading the other way, and you move on with an intriguing young core that doesn't include a 33-year-old franchise icon. That's what's on the table this summer. Big stakes. That's why you got to listen to Locked on Blazers. We're not going anywhere. Rest of the week, we're going to have some fun. Tomorrow's show, I'm going to do a hater's guide to the playoffs, what you're rooting for every team to do in order to help the Blazers heading into the postseason. And we'll, and we'll revisit five bold predictions from the preseason that I got mostly wrong. <laughs> Check those out. Then we'll start doing our exit interviews, looking at player capsules from the season and look ahead to what they're going to do with the teams. Uh, what With the on the team next season, their future with the franchise. Come back. We're going to have a whole bunch of fun. We'll get into draft stuff a little bit later too. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts, tell your friends about it. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.